to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. Sheffield is a city in South Yorkshire, United Kingdom. This podcast features conversational interviews with owners or managers of a unique selection of businesses, charities, and other enterprises in Sheffield. This podcast is brought to you by Excel City Apartments, a brand founded in Sheffield that provides business travelers and leisure visitors with fully furnished, safe, and comfortable self-catering accommodation when they're in Sheffield or visiting the nearby Peak District National Park. And now, let's meet today's guest. Hello, and welcome to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. I'm Veronica Brooms, your host, and in this, our 32nd episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ellie Tomlin. Ellie is the Regional Community Fundraiser at a local charity. Welcome to the podcast, Ellie. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Brilliant. I'm excited too to have you, Ellie, because I know I've heard you talk about what your organization does. And so I think our listeners are in for a treat. So usually I begin with an introduction and in this case, it's no exception. So do tell us about yourself. Please introduce yourself Ellie, tell us a little more about you. Tell us about Shelter's office in Sheffield. I know it's part of a larger organization, but as Sheffield interests or Sheffield based, we'd love to know more about what the charity does in Sheffield and your role as a fundraiser. So please, it's all yours to talk about Shelter in Sheffield. Great, thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm Ellie Tomlin and I'm a regional community fundraiser for Shelter in Sheffield. Um, I'm Sheffield born and bred um, and I just love Sheffield. Um, And I'm also, I'm really passionate about ending homelessness um, and it is something that is quite a big issue within the city. Um, So I am really proud to be working for Shelter in Sheffield. Um, My role is to work um, across the community telling people about Shelter's work um, and helping them to get involved with supporting us. Um, so it's a hugely varied role um, and I work with all sorts of different people. So um, it could be anything from sort of local companies um, to things like WI groups and rotaries, um, schools and also um, trusts and foundations. So um, it's kind of anyone across Sheffield and the surrounding areas um, that wants to support us in ending homelessness. Um, just to give you a little sort of bit of background about Shelter, um, the way that Shelter works is that we have 11 different community hubs across England. Um, each one works differently and provides different services um, depending on the needs of the local area. So in Sheffield, um, we have three main priorities. Uh, the first is that people with multiple complex needs can assert their rights to housing, care and support. The second is that women have access to housing services um, that meet their needs and that allow them to maintain independence. Um, And the third is that under-resourced and disadvantaged communities can take action on their issues and housing needs. Well, thanks for that, Ellie. It seems quite varied in a way, although it comes under the homeless or housing needs umbrella, but quite complex. So can you tell us a little bit about how you started as a fundraiser or what brought you to your current role with Shelter Sheffield? And I know you mentioned some of the linkages, but can you just give us a little more information or insight into your day-to-day type of activities and, in fact, what brought you to Shelter? 
Yeah, so um, I had previously um, been working in community fundraising um, at a different charity. Um, and unfortunately, a couple of years ago, um, my mother-in-law found herself homeless. Um, and that was, um, I'm very lucky that that was sort of the first personal experience um, I had of someone close to me um, being homeless. And it really kind of opened my eyes um, to sort of what a like, truly um, awful situation it is um, and just how much of an impact um, it really does have on people's lives. Um, so that it made me really passionate to be able to make a difference um, and to be able to help other people um, that are in a similar situation. Um, so I was really excited um, when I saw the opportunity to work in community fundraising um, at Shelter because um, it's just it's a cause that I'm really, really passionate about making a difference for. Um, in terms of sort of my day-to-day -day role, um, it, is, it is quite hard um, because it is such a varied role. Um, but it can kind of be anything from um, sort of uh, providing assemblies and things like that to local schools. Um, it can be supporting um, a support that's taken on a challenge event. Um, it could be um, networking with local businesses, um, things like that. And each day is so different. Um, but basically every day what I'm doing is speaking to people about Shelter's work um, and helping them to support us. Excellent. Thank you very much for sharing that, Ellie. And I certainly know about the part with networking with local businesses because it was, in fact, at a virtual networking event that I first came across you in terms of talking about the role of uh, Shelter Sheffield. So in preparation for this podcast, I read that Shelter was founded in 1966, and correct me if I got that wrong, but my question is, in the 56 years or thereabouts since the organization was founded and has expanded, when it, how does this work in terms, what's the context in terms of Sheffield? When was the first office open and how has that changed over the years? Yeah, so you're completely right. Um, Shelter started in 1966 um, and it was created um, as a campaign against the country's housing crisis. Um, so over the years, um, the organisations evolved um, to, as well as campaigning, um, also providing advice and support to those facing homelessness, um, which is what we're often best known for now. Um, in Sheffield, our first face-to-face -face service opened in 1999 um, and at that time, they were providing support to around 30 families a year. Um, so to put that into perspective, um, in the last year, we supported 1,067 households. Um, so the increase um, in the number of people uh, we've been supporting since 1999 um, is just absolutely huge. That's an enormous jump from 199 to over 1,000. Yeah, um, so we do find that the needs for our services, um, they do change depending on um, sort of what else is going on. Um, so we've obviously had an increased need um, during COVID. Um, now with the increase in the cost of living, um, once again, sort of the need for our services is really increasing. Um, so we do find that um, depending on kind of what's going on, um, in the country and in the local community um, can really affect uh, how many people need our help. Yeah, well, thanks for putting that into context. So 1999 was 30 families and more than a thousand now in 2022. And it, well, I guess it does make sense what you've explained in that 
what you have to support or deal with in terms of shelter Sheffield is actually reflecting what's happening externally. So the external dynamics would affect or affect individuals and their lives. So whether individuals as themselves and or their families. So you started working with Shelter just about two years ago as the regional community fundraiser. What would you consider to be your greatest achievement so far or the greatest achievement of Shelter Sheffield? And are there any memorable occasions you'd like to talk with about today in this podcast? So that's really difficult um, because I'm I'm constantly proud um, of all my Shelter Sheffield colleagues um, because, you know, every day they work so hard um, and they're constantly making such a difference to people's lives. Um, but one uh, really uh, memorable thing that sticks out is that Tracy Nathan, um, who's a strategic lead who heads up all of our work um, in the Sheffield Hub. Uh, she was recently awarded the Barbara Rag Award for Charity um, at the Inspirational Women of Sheffield Awards. Um, and that's, it's just, um, it was fantastic to see because Tracy's such an inspiration um, to us in the Hub and within Shelter. Um, so it was really great to see this being recognised externally. Brilliant. Well, congratulations to Tracy and the rest of the team at Shelter. And in terms of your own journey so far, are there any particular challenging or inspiring situations that you're able to share with us today? Um, so in terms of challenging situations, um, I would say, you know, the two years that I've been at Shelter, um, it's obviously, it's been a bit of a rocky time. You know, we've had lockdowns. Um, we've now, um, you know, we're facing increasing cost of living and people having less disposable income. Um, so being able to navigate that, um, and still being able to encourage people to support shelter, um, and for us to raise the money that we vitally need to help those people facing homelessness, um, it has meant often having to sort of change plans, um, and things like that. Um, in terms of, uh, things that have been sort of inspiring, um, I, I really enjoy, um, every time we have a school, um, or, um, a child or anything like that fundraising for us um, because it's just really great to see young people wanting to make a difference to their community um, and I think it just shows um, like really how selfless um, a lot of the young people that we have locally are um, and that's really fantastic. Um, in terms of sort of things that I've done personally um, that I'm proud of, uh, I organized um, a shelter comedy event in April um, oh, that and that like was the first of its kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, it was the first of its kind um, for shelter and for shelter Sheffield. Um, and what it was, was um, participants who had no experience of stand up comedy um, signed up to take part. So they were given training um, and they fundraised and then um, took part in a comedy event at the lead mill. Um, and it was absolutely incredible. I actually, um, I ended up signing myself up as well. Um, so I joined in with the challenge um, and performed a stand-up set as well, which was really, really nerve-wracking. Um, but, you know, just such an amazing experience um, and such a good opportunity um, to sort of get out of my comfort zone. So something I'd really recommend to everyone. Oh, well, certainly happy to hear that you took yourself up on that challenge. Does that mean that there's a side hustle or a potential stand-up comedian in waiting? 
Um, I'm not sure about that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how many people would want to come and watch me perform again. <laughs> well, thankfully, at present, you focus on fundraising for Shelter Sheffield. Now, I know you've given us a taste of the history of the organization in terms of how the focus has changed. You've also mentioned your work in schools or with schools and the fact that you're inspired by the engagement of young people. But I actually have a question that is more about the organization's history and an opportunity for you to tell us some more that you, if you consider it relevant in terms of over the decades. So are you able to expand based on your knowledge of shelter, how it would have changed over the years and especially the work in Sheffield, please? Yeah, so... um the organisation, um, it was initially created to provide a voice to the millions of hidden homeless that were living in slums at the time. Um, and as well as campaigning for change and raising awareness of the housing crisis, um, we've developed to providing advice and practical support to people facing homelessness. Um, and then in 1993, um, we added our legal teams as well. Um, so we now provide legal advice um, and representation in court when people need it. Um, and we provide ongoing face-to-face -face help and support through our hubs, um, as well as uh, advice and support through our emergency helpline, web chat and digital advice, um, so that everyone's able to access the help that they need. Um, alongside this, um, we do still campaign um, in order to improve in housing rights and regulations. Um, and we've had some great successes um, recently with our campaigning, which is fantastic. Excellent. I'd love to hear a couple of examples of successes in terms of results from recent campaigns. But can I ask you to clarify what you mean by hidden homelessness or the hidden homeless, please, Ellie? Yeah, that's um, a really good question. So a lot of people, um, when they think of homelessness, um, they picture uh, what we would call rough sleepers. Um, so these are the homeless people that you can see. Um, but as well as this, um, there's a lot of people that are living um, either in temporary accommodation or they might be sofa surfing or sleeping in cars. Um, sometimes they might um, have somewhere to live, but actually it's so dangerous or so overcrowded um, that it's not a safe place for them to be living. Um, and these are the people that, you know, they are homeless, but we're not seeing them. Um, and it's, it's kind of easy to think that the problem's not there um, if you're not seeing it. Yeah, well, thank you very much for expanding on that because I think it's so important that we recognize that homelessness is not only about people sleeping rough. It can manifest itself in different ways and can happen unexpectedly, even to people who think that they have it all sorted in terms of plans. So thanks very much for expanding on that. And are you able to share one or two recent successes, please, Ellie, that you've had from your campaign? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our sort of most recent success is um, we've been campaigning for a renters reform bill um, to bring more rights to renters um, and to enable people to rent securely. Um, and a few weeks ago, the government released a white paper um, with their plans um, of how they're sort of going to action this. Um, and we saw some really, really great achievements in that. Um, so things like making it easier um, for renters who are on benefits um, or who have pets or children. 
um, the scrapping of Section 21 evictions. Um, so we won't be able to have any more what we call revenge evictions from landlords. Um, and that if a landlord does need to evict a tenant, um, you know, they are going to need sort of proper reasons for doing so. Um, they can't just do it um, because they feel like it. So it will make it um, a lot more secure for tenants and means that, um, you know, people can rent without worrying um, about losing their family home. Yeah, well, that certainly is profound. I do hope the bill gets through Parliament and it does become law in due course. I imagine it probably is one of the casualties of our current government realities in the UK or in Westminster. But thanks very much for sharing that. And well done, because I'd imagine that wasn't that didn't happen overnight. So we're recording this in July and you had alluded to some of the changes that would have happened in terms of the pandemic. And the fact that you actually started working during that time, because if it's about two years ago, it meant that it would have been in 2020, which is where early 2020 we had the world coming to screeching halt or pause as we started to grapple with the COVID-19 global pandemic. So what are some of the changes that Shelter Sheffield would have had to make over the past couple of years in terms of how you engage with the people you support, your service users, and any of these changes continuing as you deal with, or we're in this phase of learning to live with COVID? Yeah, so um, obviously throughout the lockdowns, um, we've had to adapt quite a lot um, and change our services to make sure that we're still able to meet the needs of those that we help, um, but that we were doing so in the safest way possible. Um, So this meant minimising face-to-face contact um, and doing much of our work virtually um, with staff working from home during lockdowns. Um, we have, we've now returned to -to face-to-face work, um, with support workers once again, um, doing home visits and members of the public being able to visit our community hub. Um, however, staff are able to work much more flexibly now. Um, you know, the sort of necessary systems are in place. Um, so people can work from home, um, much more easily when needed, um, which is really helpful because it means, um, you know, if a member of staff or a client does have COVID, um, we can easily switch to virtual working. Um, and this just helps us to reduce the spread and to protect um, the vulnerable people that we work with. Brilliant. So it's dealing with what life threw at you as an organisation and making the most of it for the benefit of your service users and the community that you support. So as we come to the close of this conversation or as we're inching towards the close of this conversation, Ellie, what are some of the plans for Shelter Sheffield over the next few months and years? Can you spill any of those plans with us? Spill the beans or share some of those plans, please. Yeah, so I mean, essentially, um, you know, we want to be able to help everyone that needs us um, and to campaign for a better future. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we have had some really great results um, from our campaigns, but we're not stopping there. Um And as 75% of our income um, does come from voluntary sources, um, we need to continue raising vital funds to do this. Um, So we will be um, putting quite a lot of um, work behind sort of increasing our fundraising within Sheffield um, through different local events and things like that um, to really work with the community. Um, We'd love to be working um, with more businesses and organisations across the city um, who'd like to support us to end the housing emergency. 
Um, so that'll be another key focus. Brilliant. So for listeners, whether they're from business or as individuals who are interested in finding out more about shelters work in Sheffield and how to get involved directly, what are the best ways of reaching out to you or another member of the team? And what are the, some of the specific areas in which they can engage? Um, yeah, so I'd love to speak to any listeners um, who are keen to hear a bit more about Shelters Work um, or who might like to support us. Um, so please um, do get in touch with me. You can send me an email. Um, it's ellie underscore tomlin at shelter.org.uk. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter, um, which is at shelter SHF. Um, and, you know, feel free to follow us um, and sort of send us a message on there. In terms of how people can get involved, um, we uh, we will be organising more events locally in Sheffield. Um, so if this is something that you might be interested in, um, then please do get in touch with me um, and I can make sure you're the first to hear um, about any new events and opportunities. Um, alternatively, um, you know, I'd really love to speak to um, either individuals or organisations um, just on a sort of case-by-case basis um, and we can come up with um, a really great opportunity um, for both of us to get um, the most out of a relationship so yeah please do get in touch um, if you have any questions um, or would like to know a little bit more about supporting us. Thanks again Ellie and can I just check with you before we wrap up that the reach, outreach also includes people who may be interested in having you or a member of the team speak at an event will that be part of what is an option as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm always happy to come along to different events um, and speak to as many people as possible um, about Shelter's work. So if that's something of interest, um, then I would love that opportunity. Excellent. Ellie, it's been such a joy speaking with you on this podcast and learning so much more about the work of Shelter Sheffield, as well as some of the challenges and the realities that you have to deal with as you support people who are hidden homeless or on the verge of being made homeless. So it's been a pleasure having you to record this episode of the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It's been really lovely to chat to you this morning, Veronica. Thank you for listening to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Excel City Apartments, a brand founded in Sheffield that provides fully furnished self-catering accommodation for business and leisure visitors to the city and the nearby Peak District National Park. We also accommodate families relocating to Sheffield City region. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do listen to other episodes by following our podcast on this platform. Or you can find us on Twitter at XL Property P, that's the letter P. And on LinkedIn, the business page is XL City Apartments. Until the next time, ta-ra.